The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Remain standing, take your Bibles and turn to the book of Acts. Book of Acts chapter 1. Was anybody in the post office when I was there today? There was some whole mess of people there, and I'm not sure. And I got so touched by the joy of the Lord that I almost made a scene. And while you're turning there, Book of Acts, here's what happened. We go to the, I waited for a long time, finally get to the front. My dear friend Michael, who loves the Lord, he's there. And, and um, uh, Rodney, the other brother next to him, some of you know those guys, and so we're standing there, and we do transaction, getting my mail, different things, and I got to get some stamps. And my son, Danny, is standing next to me. Acts chapter 1. My, my, my son, Danny, is standing next to me, and so he says, oh, what kind of stamps would you like? Would you like peanuts, or would you like, uh, there's an ornament, or a, a snowflake, or a Madonna and child? And so uh, Danny goes, peanuts. I said, what are they again? So my son chimes in, he wants me to get the peanuts one, so... So what are they again? He says, peanuts, you know, an ornament, snowflake, Madonna and child. And when he says Madonna and child, my, my son says, what is Madonna and a child doing on a stamp? <laughs> and the whole place heard it. And so Mike says to me, not that Madonna, the other Madonna. And I'm going to just tell you, it was like, I could not stop laughing. Michael, said, Michael says to me, Pastor Daniel, I think you might need to teach him about Madonna. I said, yeah, just do that. <laughs> well, a little bit of humor. Acts chapter 1. Madonna is a medieval term meaning my lady is what it means. And it refers to, of course, Mary. And uh, anyway, we had a good laugh. Acts chapter 1, we're going to look at verse 14. Then we'll go to Acts chapter 4 and look at verse 31. Just, just a few verses of Scripture. Then Acts 13, 2 and 3. Are you ready? These all continued one accord in prayer with supplication with the women of Mary, mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Turn to Acts chapter 4. It's right after Acts 3, right before Acts 5. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. If you have the same Bible I have, it's on page 1416. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. It was what? was shaken. When they had what? When they had prayed, the place where they were together, where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Acts 13. And that's on page 1430 if you have the same Bible. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, 
the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work of which I have called them. And having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and sent them away. Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for what you've already done in this service now and the moments that remain. We pray and ask for living understanding that you'd release all that's in your heart to us tonight. That you touch those that are listening by podcast over YouTube or listening live right now and watching right at home. That you touch every single person here, upstairs, our children, the youth. Thank you for the outpouring that we are experiencing, the freedom that's here, and the joy that's found in your presence. So release your word and stand over it as you do that would not return void and accomplish all that you wanted to tonight. In the matchless holy name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. We do have notes for you. For as long as I've been saved, I've been hearing stories about Korea. South Korea, that is. Uh, For 32 years, our senior pastor, Dr. James Morocco, has traveled to Korea as a part of Dr. Yonggi Cho's church growth conference there and a part of the board of the church Largest church in the world has gone through some transitions now. So well over a million people. We're not even the size of a Sunday school class there. And, and we're thankful for what God's doing. I'll just give you perspective. It's huge. And uh, he would go there and he would come back. Every year he'd come back with these amazing stories of, of these prayer meetings they would have. And if you ever get a chance to uh, go to Korea to be a part of the Young widow, doctor, uh, you've gone, haven't you, uh, Brother David? The full gospel church there, Yuido Full Gospel Church in South Korea, I got it, and in Seoul. Uh, it'll change your life, uh, as I'm told. I, I'm, I'm told that, it, that the place shakes. You get 100,000 people shaking in a stadium, the stadium shakes. The Western church doesn't really even know what it is to pray. If you look at your notes, in 1906 in uh, Poyang, Korea, I'm sure I've mispronounced it, in the Presbyterian Church, a revival broke out, and the revival was a result of early morning prayer meetings. So in 1906, they'd have these early morning prayer meetings, and they, they began to grow, and God began to pour out His Spirit. And people would get up at 5 a.m., and they would pray. And... Um, time went on, Japanese uh, came, the occupation there, and Things died down, and, but there was always this prayer movement that was taking place in Korea. And uh, after World War II, uh, it grew. After the Korean War, um, Korea was leveled, pretty much. And uh, there was this young man who got a, um, a U- United States Army tent. Him, his, his mother, and his wife, and I think five, a total of five people, got together and they began to have prayer meetings. That is the, the beginnings, the humble beginnings of the largest church, currently the largest church in the world. And it was all started really in a prayer meeting. Kind of amazing. Prayer marked the revival with this extended time that goes into and went into an evening service. That The real outpouring began to take place at that time after the Korean War when on Friday nights they would get together and they would have a service. They'd have church on Friday night. And then it would, the Friday night would turn into a prayer meeting that would go to 2 a.m. And it might be that the Lord would lead us in starting 
a service on Friday night with a little bit of a different emphasis towards youth, kind of young adults, do something different here in the new year. We're praying about all that. We've, we're out of seats on Sunday. It's a great problem. You've got to go to other services and believe God to multiply until our building's built. Praise the Lord. Until our building's built, we're staying here. Amen. Lest God miraculously open some other bigger building or something for us to be able to use. But we're going to continue to add services and do different things. But I've, I've found that the growth has happened for us here the same way that it's happened in Korea all those years ago. Truth is, the same way it happens in any revival anywhere on the earth. What do you mean? Prayer. Everybody say prayer. prayer. A culture of prayer. Look at your notes. Every revival in America, and really I should not have said America, but because it's every revival everywhere, wherever there's been a revival. And what do you mean by revival? Revival is, is like a man who's fallen out of the boat. He's breathed in so much water that his lungs are full of water. He's dying, he's drowning, he's at the bottom, he's all but dead. Somebody jumps in, grabs him, drags him out of the lake, drags him up onto the shore, pushes the water out of his lungs, administers uh, life-giving procedures, CPR, so on and so forth, and the man comes back to life, gasps for his air, and, and begins to thank God. That's revival. Revival is when you're not drowning anymore, but you're actually all of a sudden really thankful to be alive by the power of the Holy Spirit, and there's life and joy flowing through you, not dead pharisaical religion at the bottom of a lake. That's revival. And every revival around the world has always started with prayer. It's always started with prayer. We, had a, a, we have a noontime prayer meeting here. I saw a picture put up by it. Y'all need to go get a book. And it's called the New York City Fulton Street Noon Prayer Meeting. It's what it's called. The Noon Prayer, New York City Noon Prayer Meeting. Because in, on Fulton Street, back in 18, I want to say 1857, you need to check that. A group of people got together at the Dutch Reformed Church. And they began to have just a noon prayer meeting. At noon, 12 o'clock, instead of go eat, you bring your little sack lunch and you come to the, 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 the Dutch Reformed Church on Fulton Street. Does anybody know where Fulton Street is? It's, yeah, oh yeah, that's a landmark, all right. It's a landmark because it's right where the Twin Towers stood. And so they began to have this prayer meeting at noontime and it was just, a pastor started it. I think as a lay minister, as, as the, the, the story as I read it. And people began to come. The first day that they had it, he was on time. He started promptly at 12 noon. At 12.30, two other people came in. And before it was up, they had a total of five people. By the end of the first week, there was 20. By the end of the third week, there was even more. And it began to grow, all kind of denominations. And people came. This is history. And it broke out into a revival in New York City and spread even in parts of America and went overseas. It's called the noon prayer, Noontime Prayer Meeting on Fulton Street. And it's famous. It's a part of revival history. You don't hear stuff like that now. We hear all kinds of nonsense from the different media stores. You don't hear stories about the real history and the fabric of our country. You don't hear stories about George Washington and how he bowed his knee before God Almighty and how he prayed and one of the one of the Englishmen hearing his story behind a tree went home to tell his wife we should just quit 
Because any man that knows God like that, they've got no chance. We don't hear stories about how America was formed and how prayer was, was the part of the very fabric of our country. And worse than that, we've lost it. It's interesting to me that the noon prayer meeting was at a place where the Twin Towers fell. I believe that if my people who are called by my name, as it says in 2 Chronicles 7, will humble themselves and fast and pray and turn away from their wicked ways. Turn from their wicked ways. I preach a message on it. It, 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 it just sizzles. I almost hate to be in the room when I preach it. So convicting. Because it's my people talking about the church, talking about his people turning from their wicked ways. It's not talking about, it's not talking about all the politicians. I'm talking about people that don't know God. I'm talking about all the people that do know God and if they turn away from their wicked ways. What wicked ways? You know which ones. Every revival begins with prayer. I mean, we could just go through all the different stories. The Welsh revival started with some grandmas staying up late with their lamps trimmed crying out for God. And they began to continue to cry. There's stories of the Welsh Revival. You could go and walk through town and you would see, in the middle of the night, you would see lamps on in houses and you would hear people praying. Conviction so strong they couldn't even lift a a pint of beer off the the bar because they were so convicted. People falling out. Power of God. Like like an atom bomb. You know what would happen if a bomb was dropped on a neighborhood, right? I mean, if God forbid a bomb was dropped here, it would spread and radiate out radiation all over. You know, God's got a bomb. God's got a bomb from heaven. It's called the glory of the Lord. And the glory of the Lord just doesn't come for nothing. It comes because people pray, because people fast, because there's a hunger and a thirst and a, and a, and a, and a, and a desire for Him to come like that. There's revival that's coming. But it's coming because of people who pray. We are trying desperately, and I think we're doing alright, to be a people that have a culture of prayer. Why? Ask yourself this. Why is revival tied to prayer? Why is revival tied to prayer? Well, that's a good question. Let's look at the text. What do all three texts have in common? Think about what we just read. What do all three have in common? Well, the first thing is, very simply, prayer. Prayer. Acts 2, Acts 1, verse 14, and then going, Acts 2. They prayed, they were praying, they were praying without ceasing. Acts 4, same thing, they prayed. When they prayed, the place was shaken. Acts 13, what'd they do? They prayed. The second thing you'll see is that the Holy Spirit manifested Himself. The what? The Holy Ghost came. He manifested Himself. And you will always see prayer meetings, real prayer meetings, will have a manifestation of the Spirit of God. Now, I'm preaching on the, the title of the series is called Holy Ghost Come. We've been talking about the gifts. Well, so many people got healed. We talked about gifts of healing. So many people got healed. And people get healed here all the time. How's that? It's just part of God showing up. When God shows up, sickness leaves. When, when, when the Lord shows up by His power, by His Spirit, depression has to go. So we've been talking about Holy Ghost coming, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit manifesting, shining forth when the sun comes over the horizon for like the 15 minutes that it does at this time of the year. When it comes over, it's manifesting light. 
So when the Holy Spirit, we've talked about this, you know, come Holy Spirit, I need thee. Come sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in thine strength and thy power. Come in thine own special way. I think I just got touched. (laughs) When the Holy Spirit comes, what does that look like? Oh, goosebumps. Okay, that can happen. Goosebumps can happen. Chicken skin, whatever you want to call it. When the Holy Spirit comes, the gifts happen. And you can read the gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 and also in Romans. And there's more, there's more, than, there's more than nine gifts. There's, there's much more than nine gifts. And so we've been talking about some of those. What happens when there's a prayer meeting? Now, I don't mean a lukewarm, half-dead prayer meeting. I mean a fervent prayer meeting. And I will tell you that a fervent prayer meeting will do something. A half-hearted, limp-wristed, lackadaisical, apathetic prayer meeting will not move anything. And if you have your heart filled with sin and, you, and you're just coming out of some religious obligation, you're not going to see the breakthrough and the power and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. But if you come, if my people who are called by my, I might preach tonight, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, fast and pray, I will hear from heaven. There is a prayer that God hears. And there are prayers that He flat out doesn't. You say, which ones are those? I think prayers that are not really heartfelt. He he talks to husbands, and he says, you better take care of your wife or you're going to hinder your prayers. So, fellas, the way that you treat your wife will determine whether you have an effectual prayer life that produces results. Now, I would say, hey, praise God. Thank you. Jesus felt the Holy Ghost right there. I would say that if the way that I treated my wife could hinder my prayers, fair to say that there's other things that I could do that hinder my prayers. And I'm not even talking about gross sin. That's obvious. Hallelujah. And we don't want to talk about that. We just want to pray. And it's like some magic thing. Doink. And then you get, no, that's not how it is. Listen, Jesus is not some cosmic bellhop. Do you understand? Do you know what a bellhop is? Can you get my bags? Thank you. I'm on the fifth floor. Thank you very much. Jesus. There's a, there's a relationship. It's walking with him. It's abiding with him. It's remaining in him. It's... Some people treat Jesus, the name of Jesus in their prayer life, it's like a, like a lucky rabbit foot. And you can rub your lucky rabbit foot till the hair falls off. In fact, what you'll end up is you'll end up cursed. Yeah. Let's get back to our notes. What do all three texts have in common? Prayer and the Holy Spirit coming after they prayed. 
The Holy Spirit empowered them. They did what? It, the Holy Spirit empowered them. You'll find in each case, in fact, in every place you see prayer, you see a manifestation of the Spirit, and then you see those who prayed got some juice, got some fire, got some power, began to walk in a, in a way that they didn't walk before, or maybe got some of the same stuff that got them in trouble, but they got more of it. The Holy Spirit empowered them. See, in order for you to do what God's called you to do, you need power. Power. Two types of power in the Greek. Dunamis, like dynamite, root word of dynamite, and exousia, which is a delegated authority. God gives you both. He gives you dynamite, and he gives you authority. He gives you everything that you need for life and godliness. That's what it says. Jesus said, I'll send you another, the Holy Spirit. They prayed. They prayed together. They agreed. They were in one accord. There was a unity. You see that? You see the Holy Spirit manifested himself and gave him power. And the church became a praying church. In, in Acts chapter 12 and verse 5, and you can turn there. It's a story of text I've preached from hundreds of times. And Peter is in prison. And he's sleeping with four squads of soldiers around him, which is kind of unusual. I mean, you think he would be wringing his hands and being all concerned because he's probably going to lose his head right after the holiday. As they've martyred James at this point, now Peter, the, the head apostle, is going to be killed because Herod, the psychopath, saw that it pleased the people. And so he's... he's He's in prison and he's sleeping with four squads of soldiers, which is interesting. Why? I mean, you just, I mean, how many squads of soldiers does it take to guard you? I mean, one well-trained military guy with a gun right here. I'm like, what do you need? I'm, you want me to sit down? Would you, like, would you like me to stand up? I mean, what do you want me to do? I mean, there, military guy standing there. Four squads? You have any, you have any idea? That, that, that's, like a, that's like a small army. And we just think, oh, there's four squads of soldiers. There's, it's a small army is standing behind Peter, standing there, looking at him. Why? Because anything can happen with God. And this is God's man right here. And Peter's snoring and drooling with his big old beard. He's sleeping. That's why the angel has to say, dude! And he kicks him on the side to wake him up. Peter was kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God by him for the church. Constant prayer was offered. Do you know that there's people that's going to sting? Brace yourself. There's people that are still in prison tonight. There's even family members that are still bound tonight because we have not very possibly been in the kind of constant prayer. You can keep the scripture up. Been in constant prayer like they were. You know, when you really get hit with something that hurts and makes you desperate, you make sure you turn all of that to God. And you cry out to God and God will answer your prayer. It might not be the kind of answer that you want. Come on, John the Baptist. Man, I feel, I, this ain't, I'm stepping away from the notes. John the Baptist is in prison. Jesus is doing Jesus stuff. He sends two disciples... Pardon me. John sends two disciples to Jesus. And the two disciples are asked of John the Baptist, ask him if he's the one. Ask him if he's the Messiah. 
So the two disciples come to Jesus and say, hey, John sent us, and we want to know if you're the one. He says, you go back and you tell John, the blind see and the dead are raised to life. He quotes Isaiah, quotes the book of Isaiah. And he says, and blessed is he who's not offended because of me. Watch this now. They go back and they talk to John. Some people say that John had lost his mind because he was in prison and he lost his faith. I don't think so. I think that he was doing a, a discipleship turnover. I must decrease, he must increase. He was taking his disciples and put them, putting them solidly with the Messiah, the one that they had prayed and agreed, the Lamb of God. A burning, shining lamp. There was no other man like him, said Jesus. I don't think he backslid. I think he's raging on fire so much, and then he just lost his head. From Jezebel with another name. And Jesus says, go tell him the blind see, the dead are raised. He quotes Isaiah. And then he says, blessed is he who's not offended because of me. And so I can imagine them coming to John the Baptist and they say, hey, yeah, John, yeah, he's the one, man. He's people, there's people getting up from the dead. And, 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 and there's all kinds of miracles and stuff. He's like, yeah, okay, did he tell you anything else? Yeah, he said some encrypted parable kind of a thing. Blessed is he who's offended, not offended because of me. And I'm going to tell you that people get offended because of what God does and they get offended because of what God doesn't do. And I will tell you, if you'll just get rooted and grounded and grafted into him, whatever he does is fine with you. And there's people that are offended in their prayer life because God didn't do it for them. Well, I want to tell you something. He did too. He just didn't do what you wanted him to do. Come on, you piece of clay, you. Can you imagine just... Spinning before the Lord is a piece of clay. No, not like that. I don't want to be that. Make me different. Constant prayer was offered to Peter. And, and look what happens. What happens? An angel shows up, wakes him up. Just one angel. I don't know what happened to the Ford squads of soldiers. They could have had 20 for all that matter. It didn't matter. Because one angel in Hezekiah's day killed 180,000. 185,000 or 180? 185? 100, thank you. 185. One angel. 185,000. There's not even 185,000 people in the valley. Yet. One angel. So one, it doesn't matter. Four, it doesn't matter what the enemy throws against you. If you're with God, then who can be against you? And so the four squads, I don't know, they, they just fall as dead or something. The automatic gate happens, and he walks out, and he goes to the prayer meeting. Come on, constant prayer. I believe that people are still in prison because, Lord, forgive us for our prayerlessness. Listen, you got to get a hold of what I'm telling you. And they couldn't even believe they got the miracle because I believe they had wounded faith from James. Because I think they prayed the same way with James, but James lost his head. And so now they're praying for, for, for Peter, and they were maybe half unbelieving or something. And Rhoda came and answered the door. So it's another message. We read through, look at back at your notice, we read throughout the Apostle Paul's letter, the importance of a church praying. In Romans chapter 15 and verse 30, Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake, and for the love of the Spirit, 
that ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. Can you put that up? Romans chapter 15, verse 30. Fascinating. Guy writes three quarters of the New Testament, and he says this, Now I beg you, brothers, therefore, Lord Jesus Christ, through the love of the Spirit, that you strive together. Strive is a strong word. That you fight, that you contend together, that you wage war together for me in prayers to God for me. Go to the next verse, verse 31. That I may be delivered from those in Judea who do not believe. And then my service for Jerusalem is talking about an offering, by the way, that he's bringing to Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints. He says, strive, fight. I urge you, I beg of you, I plead with you to pray for me. The Apostle Paul, you think anybody, I mean, the guy is like a pretty anointed guy. Over and over again throughout the epistles, which is a Greek word for letter. Pray, pray for me, pray, pray, pray. First Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Because Paul understood that prayer and the word of God are our offensive weapons. Listen, you got to get this. Some of you just, you know, you just cry and hope that God's going to come through for you. Some of you need to take your sword out and take the head off of the enemy. Offensive weapons turn to Ephesians. Man, this is going to preach all by itself, so hold on. Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, my brothers and sisters, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, against, but against powers and principalities, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, everybody say therefore. Okay, so when you see therefore, you've got to ask, what's it there for? You have to ask, look at what he said, all the stuff he just said. He said, dude, you're not warring against your husband or against your wife. You're not warring against any kind of flesh and blood. This is a supernatural battle, a battle against darkness and light. That's what it's against. And he says, and as a result, or therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I mean, this whole thing is like a series, so you just got to bear with me. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you are able to quench all the fiery darts. How many? All the fire. How many? All the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword and the what? The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Those are your two offensive weapons. Everything else is defensive. And yet there are so many in Christendom that have no clue how to rightly divide the word. They have no clue on actually how to find uh, scripture on how to overcome whatever problem they're facing. They have no clue of how to, how to pray the word of God. They have zero prayer life. I know maybe not here, but maybe. Minister Trent and I, a number of years ago, went hunting for a bear. 
You remember that? Well, I will never forget it. We were at Hatcher's Pass, and I had a 4570. We had no sidearms, and I forget what you had. We, had. we had guns. And we were, you know, greenhorns. Wet behind the ear, chachacos. We hike up into this thing, and we saw bear tracks and all that. And we know that the bear was there. Bear was there for sure. And we got to the certain point. Now, correct me if I'm mistaken. We got to a certain point when it was just like we lost all peace because we realized that we're no longer hunting a bear. The bear is actually hunting us. Am I right? I'll never forget that. And it was like, we are, you're, we're done. We didn't have enough guns. We didn't have enough. I'm on a, I want a dynamite. I wanted more weapons. More weapons. Right? And we said, we said, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. And we just kind of back to back for a little bit. And it's just kind of like back out because the bear was there. We could feel it. Smell it. It was there. You know what I mean? How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, it's kind of like the gifts were working real good right then. I discern a bear. Amen. Let's leave. Right? We backed out of there. Man, some of you are facing a bear and you don't even have a slingshot. I'm going to tell you, you have something bigger than a 4570. You have something bigger than, than the largest caliber bear hunting weapon you could find. You have the word of God and you have prayer, but many of you don't know how to wield it and you don't know how to take out the sword of the spirit. You don't know how to cut the head off a bear. I'm going to tell you, your situation that you are in, are you listening to me right now? Are you listening? Man, this is good preaching. I'm trying to help somebody. The situation you're in right now is your training ground to move on to higher places in God. It's nothing but an internship for the age that's to come. And the battle that you're currently in will fall before you. The mountains will melt like wax. It doesn't matter what the enemy tries to whip up against you. Just pull the sword out. Cut it off. And you do that through prayer and through rightly, rightly wielding the Word of God. Learn to pray the Word. Some of you are some of you fighting against your husband. He's not the problem. Some of you are fighting against your wife. She's not the problem. It's you. <laughs> And, and many times, demon power will push situations and try to, try to charge it, demonically charge situations. That's why you need to be in prayer. John 14. Turn there, John 14. We're almost done. Glory to God. John 14, 12. Most assuredly, I say to you that he who believes in me, the works that I will do, he will do also, and greater works will, will these he will do, because I go to my Father. Now, those many conservative believers would say that the greater work is salvation. And I would agree that the greatest work is salvation. But it doesn't discount healings, miracles, signs, and wonders. And he said that you're going to do greater works than, than I did. And whatever you ask in my name, what? Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. He says it again, verse 14, if you ask anything in my name, 
I will do it. Now here's the amazing thing to me. He's not a liar. He's not just a man. He's the Messiah. He's fully God, fully man. Over 300 scriptures in the Old Testament that talked about him and how he would walk the earth. For 33 and a half years, walk the earth, casting out devils, healing the sick. His word is true. His word is sure. His word is real. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will remain forever. And the Son of God said this. He said, ask anything in my name. Now, the thing is, you got to understand what in my name means. You got to ask according to his word, according to his will. I love what Dr. Morocco said. There was some nonsense going around in the 70s. Well, you don't pray too much for stuff because maybe, you know, the Lord will, you know, give it to you and it won't be good for you. Lord's not going to give you. He can say no. Hello? He can say no. And he's every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights in whom there's no shadow of turning. He's going to bless you. Come on, somebody say, Lord, help me. To be a person of prayer. All right, God's talking to us. Very simply, as I wrap this up. Now, I'm preaching, I think, five different Christmas messages. So so I just thought tonight I'm going to hit prayer one more time. And, And the Lord has given us some revelation from our trip about about the birth of Christ. And and uh, I'm so looking forward. Don't don't do not miss. This Sunday morning's message will be Christmas Sunday. It's going to be a powerful Sunday. Don't miss Friday night if you're able to come. Birthday of the King starts and Saturday night. Sunday we'll have our Christmas service. Sunday night we'll do the last performance of the Birthday of the King. It's powerful. It's only about 40 minutes long. It's not long. So you come, come at one of those times, bring somebody. It'll be very evangelistic. I'm going to tell you, we'll blow you away. I'm always shocked. My wife and I are always shocked at how many folks, a part of the church, just decide, well, it's just a little church play. Man, I'm telling you, this thing drips. It drips with anointing. You've never seen anything like it. If you haven't seen it, you need to come. You need to check it out. It's not long. It's going to be great. But I really felt like tonight the Lord wanted to encourage us and speak to us about about creating a culture of prayer. Things have changed. Back to your notes, and I'm almost done. Worship team, would you come, please? Things have changed in the United States dramatically in my lifetime. I'm, I'm not quite 50 years old. And during my own lifetime, I've seen so much change. It's, it's, it's shocking. It's shocking what's happening in our country. And we like to point the finger and blame people, but the truth is the church was asleep. And we're just going to have to wake up. I think that the Lord, by His power, has reached to the bottom of the lake and has grabbed us, bringing us up and has resuscitated many, bringing the water out of our lungs and administering his life-giving spirit so we can breathe again. I believe that revival is upon us. I believe that we're the greatest days ever, ever, than ever before. And the Lord has, if you're even hearing my sound of my voice, if you're under the sound of my voice, he's called you to be walking a life of victory, to be living in peace, to be the head and not the tail, to be his ambassadors, to be a people who pray. We can meet God in prayer. And he'll meet our needs. I'll never forget, in a a very short period of time, God wiped out all of my debt, gave me a house, and answered so much prayer. It was like within a week. I mean, we really have to look down. We have to write the book, babe. We really do. It was so fast. I'll never forget what the Lord said. Son, don't ever forget. All of this is the result of the praying you've been doing. I love you, son. 
and everything that's happened? It's because you've been praying. That's like, I almost knocked myself out myself right now. Jesus. I think I'm going to speak that word again. Son, don't ever forget that everything that's happening has been because you're all are praying. If Peter was set free because the church prayed, then he probably would have died if they didn't. What could God do? What could he do? Oh, what, what could he do in your life? How fast could it happen? Family saved, people delivered, sicknesses gone, tumors shrink up, disappear. Ask in my name. What, his, his name, it represents who he is, as God, his character. At his name, every knee will bow. At his name. It means everything that he represents, his character, his, you're standing in his stead, you're standing in his place because you're covered, you're pure, washed in his blood. It's like he's praying through you. And when you're praying in the spirit, that is exactly what's happening. We'll teach and preach on the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but when you meet God in prayer, we can have our needs met. So when is your prayer time? Just asking. Uh, um, Lord, thank you for the food in Jesus' name. I think it's good to pray over food. They, I think there's some scientific study that says it actually changes molecular, some things like that. I, I don't know. I, I just... I just know it's good to pray for your food. Some food, no matter how you pray, is still going to be terrible. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> but it won't kill you. You know what I'm saying? Praise God. You can overcook that turkey, buddy. It's still going to taste like wood. But it'll be blessed. Amen? <laughs> okay, where are we? Because of what Jesus has done, look at, see, I'm, I'm, I'm closing. I'm almost done. Here we go. I'm landing the plane. Because of what Jesus has done, and because we pray, we can win in a spiritual war. And you are in one. Thank God we don't get to see how ugly it is. There's moments when that veil lifts for me. And really, it only lifts for me now when I need, when I need to see it. I used to see all the time. Darkness. I used to see demons all the time. I mean, it was like regular, right? It's crazy. Now I just see him when I need to, to help somebody. To see somebody freed. So I know how to pray. It gives me discerning of spirits. We've talked about that. But you don't, you don't have to see them. They're there. Take God's word for it. And take authority over darkness. Can you say amen? Got to create a culture of prayer. Personally, you got to do it. Set a prayer time. Come on. Set a prayer time. What time do you go to work? What time, what time do you eat lunch? What time are you off? What time do you pray? How about that? What time do you pray? Some of you aren't punching the clock. I mean, you're never going to get the paycheck. You don't punch the clock. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> okay. Conclusion. 
If you read through the book of Jonah, it's kind of amazing that there was this reluctant prophet who doesn't want to go to Nineveh because they probably killed good portions, large portions of his family. And, and they say that Jonah was probably the, the, the boy that Elijah raised from the dead. You remember the sneezing and the staff and he had a headache in the harvest. That's probably Jonah is what rabbinic scholars say. And maybe he, you know, maybe he lost his father because of the Assyrians. I mean, I don't, I don't know, but he didn't want to go bring the word of the Lord to the Assyrians because he knew if they prayed that a whole city would turn or could possibly turn. And so he said no and was thrown over overboard and the, the storm stopped and three days in the belly of a fish. doesn't say a whale. It was fish. It was puked up on the shores of Nineveh. Of people who worshipped fish. The fish. They did. So he comes out smelling like one. It's probably seaweed hanging all over him. Digestive juices. And he's screaming at him. Oh, you, you know, yeah, I'm telling you, this guy might have looked crazy. Repent! Seaweed all over him. Smelling like a fish. It's, it's a messenger from God. And they repent. And they fast. And they pray. Even, listen, even the children... Even the children. It says even the animals. Come on, some of your dogs need to be on a fast. <laughs> you see how fat they're getting, man? All right. The whole, the whole city fasts, sackcloth and ashes, and God hears your prayer, and that selfish prophet gets all irritated that God spared them. You could change your family. You could change this valley. We could change this state. We could change the nation. I'm going to tell you, I am all in. And I fully believe everything I'm telling you to be gospel, word of God, truth. That there's nothing that can stand before us. There's no darkness. There's no disease. There's no demon. There's no poverty. or there, there's, there's, no, there's no assignment that the enemy can bring towards us so long as we stay submitted in the will of God. Standing in His name. Decreeing, declaring with the sword of the Spirit the truth of the gospel and believing Him to just decimate. Look, all we're doing is enforcing what He already did. Come on, he wants to do exceedingly abundantly above. Come on, stand up on your feet. He can do it for you. Some of you, some of you go home and you cry. Listen, cry unto the Lord. There's a difference between crying and crying unto the Lord. We've cried lots of tears. I'm going to tell you, when you cry tears that are internal and sorrow, sorrowful and sad, and why God, why, why, why? Listen, turn that around. Stop. Stop it. Quit acting like a baby. I know you're hurting. I know you're broken. Turn that thing to God. Oh, God, I'm hurting. Oh, God, I need you to touch me. Oh, God, my emotions. Lord, I feel like a broken man. I don't understand why I lost my father. I don't understand why I lost my son. I don't understand these things. I know that you're good. Oh, God, come and touch me. Touch me with your fire. Lord, heal me. Heal my brokenness. Heal my rejection. Listen, pray like that. Fervent prayer. And lame prayer are two totally different things. How many of you have a gun? Raise your hand high. Now when you chamber, you can put your hand down, when you chamber a bullet, you don't ever want to point that at anybody. Unless, of course, you have to. There's no doubt in my mind when I take my 
45 ACP, and I chamber that thing, and I pull it back. I know that I could kill somebody, hurt somebody, hurt myself. It's very, 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 very dangerous. I know what it looks like when there's one in the chamber. It's just got a little, little pin that pops up, and I know what it looks like when the, when the, when the, when the firing pin's out. And I know, and I know I, I've, I've put a magazine in, I've loaded it, and it's loaded. And I know I'm now loaded. When I take aim at something, listen, that's so serious at me, I didn't even point it at you. That's how that is in me. And I've made mistakes. Anybody made, don't raise your hand. You point that shoot I'm going to tell you something when you pray God's word it will release a silver bullet from heaven and unless, until you see that thing that's before you drop twitching dead on the ground then you keep praying and keep shooting spiritually speaking I'm talking spiritually here do you understand you have power bigger than any bigger than any of us realize we have power and authority Scarcity, hit the road. Poverty, leave. Now you got to do your part. You got to tithe. Got to give. You got to got to got to live with your conscience pure before God. Then you then sickness, leave. Are you getting it? We're going to create a culture of prayer. I charge you. I charge you. Develop a prayer life, because if you don't have one. In the days that could be coming here, you're going to wish you did. I couldn't hit one thing with my gun until I went to that, I went to that shooting range with you. All those couple years ago, you remember that. And you said, oh, you, you, your grip's wrong. Change your grip. And so I changed my grip. And he said, and yeah, and you're pushing your, your finger. You're pushing, you're pushing it. Here, move your finger over and just pull straight back. Man, I can hit stuff now. Some of you, some of you need to change your grip. Some of you need to learn how to shoot. You understand what I'm saying? Learn how to wield the sword. And the, the best way I know how to do that is to start wielding it and get next to somebody who gets results. Be with somebody who knows how to fight. It's called discipleship. All right, I've gone long. If you haven't given your heart to Jesus, do it now. Just you and Jesus, go ahead. Do it right now. I'm sorry, I went long. I missed the clock there. It's just so good to be home. Say, Dear Heavenly Father. Come on, everybody all together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me for all of my sin. and Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me, cleanse me, and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Raise your right hand if, you, if you're serious about developing a prayer life. If you're not, don't. Because I'm going I'm to I'm pray the thing, and I don't want to make you, like, you know, be a part of it. You say, yeah, I, wanna, I want a deeper, stronger, more effective prayer life. Yep, that's me. Heavenly Father, with our hands raised before you, I'm asking that you would release unto us a fresh mantle of prayer. 
a fresh mantle of prayer. That we would have our eyes opened even to the demonic structures of this land. We'd have our eyes open to the powers that try to lay hold of our family. And tonight, we take the sword of the Spirit. Come on, just take that by faith right now. We take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And we commit ourselves to prayer. Come on, say it. I commit myself. I commit myself to prayer. And we know that your word says if we pray anything in your name, it shall be done. And we ask that you would help us, giving us the spiritual fortitude, the character, and the integrity, the passion to set aside time, the discipline. We don't have to have all our hair standing on end. We do it because it's true and it's right. And there's times, Lord, when we'll feel your power and you'll overwhelm us, and times, frankly, when we won't feel you at all. But we will stand in the place of prayer. And we will wield the sword. We decree and declare that your kingdom will be released in our life in a greater way because we will pray in Jesus' name. So we receive that mantle right now. Come on, just by faith, receive that right now. Receive that right now. Fresh mantle. Fresh authority. Come on. Come on, this is the first day of the rest of your life. You don't have to stay in that prison. Be free. Walk in authority. Hey, yeah. Oh, Lord. Release your power. Oh, Jesus. Come on, receive right now. Receive right now. Receive a fresh mantle of prayer. Receive a fresh mantle. Oh, Lord. Come on, thrust your hands into the heavens just a moment longer. Holy Ghost, right now. your power to pray, to stand and having done all else to stand we resist darkness Holy Spirit saturate me saturate me saturate me Jesus saturate me Holy Spirit blanket us saturate me Jesus, saturate me, Jesus, saturate me, Jesus, your power, release your power, right now, release your power, in this place. If you need to leave, I understand you can slip out. We bless you. I'm going to go a little deeper. 
Just going to keep going a little bit. Holy Spirit, come. If you need to go, we bless you. It's all right. You may be excused. We're going to press in just a little bit more tonight. Yeah. Release your power. Release your power. Tonight, won't you come on? Saturate me, Jesus. Saturate me, Jesus. Saturate. Give us a revelation of prayer. With your power. Oh, saturate. Saturate me, Jesus. Saturate me, Jesus. is a man, is a woman of God. of prayer. It be woven into the very fabric of our lives, Lord. 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 Come on now, just sing in the spirit. Go ahead and sing in the spirit, but back off just a little bit. Come on, sing in the Holy Ghost. Lift your voice. Sing in the spirit. Sing in the spirit. Sing in the here I am. Here I am. Lift your voice. Here I am. Oh, here I am. Here I am. 
together for Jesus come on take someone by the hand I know I went long forgive me please the enemies come in like a flood but God is raising up even a standard of righteousness against the enemy there's times when you just feel like blind you feel like you're blind can't see I'm giving you spiritual eyesight tonight there's been a tremendous heaviness that's just tried to rest on you another person might not have made it through but I've held you I've comforted you I'm going to give you understanding to why some of the things that happened the way that they did I'm releasing you tonight, says the Lord. I'm releasing you tonight. you that shall prosper every tongue that rises against you in condemnation you shall condemn you're a strong people you're a holy nation you're a royal priesthood oh there's no weapon there's no weapon you're blessed 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 I've given you power says the Lord I've given you power says the Lord rise up and use it bless your people cause your face to shine upon them lift up your countenance towards us oh god be gracious to us keep us give us peace and use us to do even greater works to do even greater works because of the power of the holy spirit Receive tonight power. Receive tonight power. Power of the Holy Ghost. 
the Holy Ghost. Power of the Holy Ghost. Power of the Holy Ghost. Power. Receive power. In Jesus' name and all of God's precious blood-washed saints said, Amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Don't miss Birthday of the King Friday night. We love you. Glory. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.